Hey everyone, Joel here from the Empower Good Podcast. Oh my God. You're gonna love this episode. Todd Frazier and I from the from the Do Things podcast. We literally just chop it up. Like it's not even an interview. It's like a conversation. We're just having so much fun. And by the end of the episode, you're totally gonna want a whatever t-shirt. You might be wondering what that is. Stay tuned to find out. Hey, Todd Frazier, it is awesome to finally have you on. We've been, you know, this is always the first line. We've, we've been trying to make this happen for a long time. I guess that's, that's just right. the life of the online marketer. I mean, but it, networker. It, it really is because when you're an entrepreneur and you're doing your own thing, you have to work within whatever the schedule is you've been given. And no matter how many times you want to say, oh yeah, let's get together and do this, something comes up. Like so many it times. Legitimately does. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm excited because um, I love meeting new people online and it's been awesome. And looking forward to when I can actually meet you in person. We can hang Absolutely. out and yes. whatnot. But I, I, it's so weird. I legitimately consider you my friend and we've never met before. I well, mean, I way, consider you my friend too. Absolutely. Yeah, it's super awesome. Because, you know, there's different levels of internet friends. Like you have the, mm-hmm. the people that you connect with. You, you, you comment and DM a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you, then like we actually talk on the phone from time to time and like right. each other up. And, you know, it's really cool. Right. And, and, and that's the one thing that I think that's when I, cause I, I do events and I, I speak to people about social media for their business and just in general for social media, but mostly for their business. And I always tell them the one thing you're doing is you're creating relationships. I don't care what your analytics are or how many follows you are or, or whatever your post analytics look like. If you're not really looking to create relationships with the people that you're connecting with online, it doesn't matter because long-term these people need to feel connected with you and they need to feel a real relationship which is what I think is so key because then that turns into like now that you and I are buddies and we're sharing each other's stuff, this is a long-term thing for us. This isn't like a real quick, like, yeah, I met this guy and, and whatever he commented on my post. There's no, I mean, there is that, but as far as making it really work for you, it's gotta be real relationships. Absolutely. Funny thing. Um, quick story. I literally get a DM from somebody say, Hey, I have an awesome story. Would love to be featured on your podcast. So he DMs me on my way home from work later that afternoon. I, we talk on the phone. We set up a time. We talk on the phone. It happened the same day. I hear his story. I'm like, dude, you need to be on the podcast. Can I call you back in an hour when I'm done eating supper? So then I interview him that night. And then I tell him that I might be going to New York for the voice con with Gary Vee, which, oh, yeah. which I'm by the way going to. Awesome. My job paid the whole, whole deal. You got him to do that? That's so dope. Yeah, yeah right. And then, but this is, this is before all that. I'm interviewing him. And at the end of the interview, I'm telling him about that. We're talking about Alexa and voice and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, yeah, man, just, just come on over. I live like 10 minutes from where the, the show is going to be at. Why don't you just stay at my house? I'm like, sweet. So I literally got an Airbnb already. Like that's quote, awesome. quote, Airbnb with, this, quote, with a friend, with a friend from the internet. And like, you know, it's funny that like 10 years ago, that'd be like totally unacceptable. You'd be a weirdo. And You'd like you met somebody on the internet. Yeah, no, Sorry. Joel, like, you, you listen to your mom. You don't I, know me. I told my parents the other day, yesterday, and they were like, what? But by the way, just warning, disclaimer, do not do that with everyone. Be careful. No. Uh, I no. interviewed him. I heard his story. He's a legit guy. And right. Yeah. Or he's an amazing liar, and we're going to hear a story in the paper about you. Yeah. I got empowered evil or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Let's, let's get started, man. I'm, you're, you're an awesome guy. We've, we've been connecting. And I... One of the reasons I want to have you on here because you're you're talented, you have passion, you're doing things, no pun intended, doing things podcast. No pun completely intended. Yeah, no, yeah, really, actually. 
Um, but, 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 uh, you have a lot of, uh, you know, inspiration and things that you can offer my listeners. And I think that's really awesome. And of course, I just love chatting with you. So why don't you just tell us real quick who you are, what you do, and then let's, let's dive into briefly the story of how, cause I want to talk about the process, how you started to do things. Cause I, you told me, and it's fascinating because it, it kind of touches on a, on a core with a lot of people who, who say, I already got a lot of things going on. I don't have time for this. Like, how do you start something like that? Anyways, we'll get into it, but sure. Yeah, absolutely. Give me, give me the do things story. So, so the breakdown of, okay, so I'm, my name's Todd Frazier. I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I've started my journey uh, out of college. Well, so let's back it way up. Just kind of run this as quick as possible. Uh, I was going to be a high school math teacher. I got a scholarship to go to school in Missouri and play football. Uh, thought I might get to the pros, whatever, like we all do at some point. And then I realized that I wasn't. So then I started looking at career paths. I wanted to be a teacher because I thought high school was great. I can go back, summer's off, coach. It'll be awesome. Uh, doing my student teaching and the la literally the last week before I was done to graduate, kid lit a firecracker off in class and was confused that I had to send him to the principal's office. So I thought it's not going to be something I want to do every day dealing with kids that might or might not let firecrackers off in class. So I had to figure something else out. Uh, my father-in-law was in real estate investment at the time and he said, hey, do you want to work for me? And I was like, uh, sure. New, no, I know nothing about real estate. We're, we're in Hawaii on a family trip before we came home from Missouri, my wife and I, and uh, he's telling me about like loans on property. I, it's like Greek. Like, I don't know a word of what he's saying, literally nothing. But I'm like, sure. Yeah, no, it'll be great. I'll do that. So I get in there and within two years, I'm managing $18 million of real estate loans and I'm managing a board of eight members of uh, people much older than myself. Uh, and it went really well up until 2008 when the real estate crash happened and we ended up owning a lot of property that we had invested in. And so I needed to figure out something else to do because there was no place for me anymore. So I jumped out of the real estate world and my father had been a CPA for 30 plus years. And I thought, hey, you know, dad, I think I can figure out the CPA thing. I was a math major in college. I kind of understand uh, business, but literally had no nothing about accounting. But can I figure it out? He said, sure. So I went, took a 50% pay cut to um, become a book level accountant and just kind of work my way through, had to go back to school, get accounting courses and business classes to be able to qualify to sit for the exam, took the exam three times, failed it three times. And then the requirements changed. So I had to go back and get more school. And then uh, on the eighth time, I finally passed all of the sections, just four sections. You took the test ever. eight times, bro. I took four sections, six times and took one of the sections eight times. So technically I sat for lots of times. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was six years. It was six years of full-time work, wife and three kids, uh, testing and school. And it was insane. Finally, uh, got my license, started up my own CPA firm. And the first time I ever started my own business and within six, yeah, within six months I'd hit, uh, six figures and then just kind of rolled from there. And it was really great. And the thing that I really gravitated towards was consulting with individuals and helping them with their businesses. And so then that in the winter of 2000 and let's see what last year, 2006, I was talking with my brother who is a video guy and we're like, Hey, we should do some, like some business consulting stuff together. And so then that went on the back burner during tax season. And then I kind of got into what do I do? Like, what do I, what do I like? What do I want to do? And I started just interacting with more people like yourself and, and uh, got into starting a business and really taking action and look back at what I had done and everything I'd done. I had no idea what I was doing when I started it. Like that was kind of, that was kind of the genesis of the whole brand for me of do things is like, 
the only way I've done anything is by starting somewhere and not really knowing what I'm doing. And then through the process of what I do, then it creates the knowledge and the experience that I need to complete whatever it is that my goal is. So really it just is, is a, my brand of do things is take action, learn along the way and adjust with the pivots that come because there's stuff that, I mean, you and I both know there's stuff that comes that you've got to deal with and you can't know what those things are until you start. So then it turned into, I got asked to speak and I was like, okay, I'll start speaking. And then that, and I got paid for speaking. And then I started doing some social media marketing for people. And it's just kind of rolled into along with the CPA license and um, the speaking and the, now the apparel brand, and then reaching out to influencers and helping them create brands. And it just, it just rolls and it goes wherever it goes, but I, I'm okay with the pivot and not really knowing exactly where I'm going to end up because I know ultimately I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be as long as I take steps of faith and really follow through with taking action and whatever it is I'm doing. It was really long. I, I, no, no, no. That's a good answer though, because it was power packed. And you know, actually when you were saying that I had an epiphany, uh, I, I, I fully now understand the, cause there's the level that like, there's the, the, the surface level of do things like your podcast mm-hmm. and stuff. Cause I, you yeah. know, you see stuff on the internet and stuff, you know, just like, like do things like take initiative, like get off your butt, you know, that right. kind of do things. But then there's the deeper philosophy behind it, which I've been discovering, you know, by doing things myself. And that is that sometimes you don't know where you're going, but like the philosophy of just try stuff. And as you try stuff, at least you'll know that, okay, that didn't work. And so now you know where to go because then you won't have the regret. So like, Anyways, it just made more sense that, yeah, because I was, I originally thought do things was, you know, get off your butt, take initiative, which it is. But at the same time, that's like the surface, like the brand, you say do things like that's what the normal person will see. But mm-hmm. a true entrepreneur or somebody who's trying to make a difference, who is actually on a journey to discover what they want to do or how they can impact the world will start to understand that it's not just get off and take initiative, but it's really like, that's a strategy to discover what you can do in life. You know, mm-hmm. as you do things, you discover, you take one step at a time, learn along the way. It's better to have, you know, uh, you know, five failures, five success than to have five victories only, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and you really only learn from the failures. I mean, like Joel, if, if we were to set off something and we did it perfect the first time, what would we learn? That our ideas are great? Yeah. We wouldn't learn anything. So you only learn from the parts where you screw up or you, you find out it didn't work the way that you thought it was going to work. So ultimately, it is those parts where you fail an exam six, seven, eight times before you realize, man, this is really worth it. And I wouldn't have appreciated my CPA license had I passed it the first time and be like, oh, this is a piece of cake. No big deal. Like yeah. that, that process is what it's all about. Yeah. And I, it just reminds me back in the day when I did door-to-door sales, I remember being a door-to-door salesperson, I'm quite charismatic. And so door-to-door no, sales was really not no. you <laughs> when I was doing door-to-door sales, like c- making friends with people and communicating at the door was not a problem for me. When I became a sales trainer, there was actually, I wasn't actually a good trainer at first because I did so many things intuitively like, like you're saying, like if you just did things and everything went right, right away, it didn't always go right for me when I was a student, I had to learn and, and whatnot. But the people who actually weren't that great of a canvasser and door to door salesman were at my coworkers. They were actually sometimes better trainers because they had to do things by the book to learn. So they know how to teach it. Whereas me, I had to learn what I did intuitively in many areas. But then at the end I became the, I became a really good trainer because I, I knew the nuances of, doing things intuitively and from the book, you know? So it's kind of interesting how 
by just knowing how to do things the right way, it's not going to help you as much as if you know, because then you can actually work with other people. Which is why I think that that book knowledge is not near as important as real life experience because you can learn anything in a book and read the right way to do something. But until you put that into action, you don't know if it's actually going to work. And most of the time there's something that you can't, you can't calculate that's going to happen that you have to deal with and you can't learn what that is until you start. So really the whole mantra of my brand, my, my really method for living is that once you have an idea, you have to start going with that idea because otherwise you don't have the process and the process is where the gold is. And, and, it, and it will change. Absolutely. It's crazy. Empower Good used to be about like, you know, doing like literally doing good things like humanitarian work and service mm-hmm. projects across. That was my goal is to motivate them. Now it's more of like communicate, like take advantage of the digital opportunities to communicate your passion that'll help impact the world kind of an idea. So yeah, just by communicating, by doing things, by I like to call it the, the method of thinking out loud, by journaling, talking out loud, communicating your passions to your friends, by doing those things, it, things will start gelling. Your message will start clarifying and it, you know, it'll actually start morphing and niching, niching more etc. So man, we could just, we could, we, I love having you on, man. This is awesome. We're just all day on a roll right here. We haven't even gotten to our second question yet. So <laughs> I, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, so, so you, 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 you started the podcast. Like, did you, did you say like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I want to do things. I realized that now I wanted to, okay. Like take me through the action mirror, like practical steps. Like sure. how did you go from zero to one? Like, okay, you have an idea. Did you say, yeah, I want to do a podcast and do a t-shirt brand and all that kind of stuff. Or was it more of like, you know, I want to start communicating. You start on Instagram and then it developed or like what happened? Like, practice. so it, it was literally a fluid situation. So like in, um, in the summer of 2017, I was asked to do the VBS, the kids vacation Bible school, at our church. Uh-huh. And we have a VBS of 1500 kids every summer. And there's a speaker that awesome. goes five days. I'd never done anything like that. I'd done large group Sunday school speaking, but that was the most speaking I've ever done it's in church to kids. Like that's not even like real speaking. Um, I mean, it right. is. Do they, say, they say though, that if you can communicate to a kid, you can communicate to everybody. That's I'm hoping that that's true because so then I, I say, yes, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I say yes. And I, I get up there and I speak and five days in a row, 20 minute messages each day. I had to come up with the content. I loved it. And the feedback was ridiculous. Like the, the pastor came up to me and he's like, you need to do more speaking. Like this is something you should do. And all, and parents were texting me that, Hey, my kids were talking about your talk today at VBS. It was so great. Like my friends, kids. And so that was like, wow, this is really cool. I think I maybe should speak more. So literally I was like, okay, I did it. Now I'm going to try and do some more. So I put a, a feeler out and uh, one of my friends is the principal at a junior high in the area. And he said, Hey, do you want to come speak to our kids for a first week of school thing? And I was like, yeah, I had no idea what I was going to talk about. Like no clue. So I'm racking my brain. Like, what do I talk about? I can't talk about church Bible, but you're a miracle. So the science of your miracle because of the odds of you being alive mm-hmm. is astronomical. So therefore you start with that mindset and you start doing things, which that's the first time I'd said that, then you can do amazing things by doing things. Right. So that then, then I'm like, okay, this is cool. So I started talking about that and I kind of started looking back like I said, how I did things. I love when you're actually upfront speaking and you're communicating how like you're having tons of epiphanies and like, yes. like these powerful points that you're making, like they literally were created on the spot. Yeah. Because you know, things gel in your mind, like dots are connected. 
Absolutely. And I, and I dug that. And then that turned into, so then I got asked to speak at, um, there's this California Association of Directors of Activity. It's basically the ASB groups for all of California. Um, turns out one of the kids that I grew up with, her dad is like the executive director of it. I didn't know this. And he found out that I was speaking and said, Hey, do you want to come speak to 1500 high school junior hires in San Diego at our area G conference? And I was like, uh, sure. I'm like, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to go do it. And uh, at the time I had been making uh, hats and shirts with a t-shirt press for the Venture Hub, which is my uh, online academy and uh, social media company, right? So, but I'm like, I like these shirts. I want to have something to wear that kind of has my slogan on it. So I wanted to have a shirt for myself. So I pressed a single shirt that's a, it's just says do things on it. And I wore that down in San Diego and I really liked having my own shirt. And I'm like, this is cool. And then I had people say, hey, where did you get that? How can I get one? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I should start selling these. And I looked into pressing the t-shirts and it's a horrible idea. Like it is, takes so much time to, to cut the thing on the printer and then press it. It's great to be able to do samples, but it took forever. And so then I started looking into it. That's when I found Printful. And I was like, oh, wow, I can have a whole site. And so then I just dove into that. And I'm like, okay, I'll have an apparel brand. So it, literally, it was just fluid. It, one thing led to another, led to another. And then I've got the apparel brand. And I'm like, okay, well, I need to do more of the speaking. I'm going to do a podcast. And so the podcast started happening. And then from there, I connected with uh, the Devin Pinto from Survivor, who is the, the fourth place finisher and fan favorite and talked to him about being an ambassador for my apparel brand. And he's like, well, what if we did like a collection that's my brand? Because I have a, I'm like, okay, sure. So it just, everything led to where I am from saying yes to a speaking gig that I had no idea what I was doing at church in the summer of 2017. I think and it that, literally has led to everything. I think that's so awesome. Looking back in the last year or so, I literally have been having chain of events like that. It, in the beginning, it doesn't really make sense, but I feel like I'm coming more full circle now. And it's like, had I not uh, been laid off at my job, I would have never considered, a, uh, I would have never become an EMT. Had I not become an EMT, I would have never been taking this job, like, considered a job at a health organization in Sacramento, which I turned down, then got a job in sales and marketing at this other, had I not done that, I would have never had to listen to marketing and business podcasts this last yeah. summer, which I then never would have started a podcast, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh and yeah. It, it just gets better from there, you know, but oh, I want to, yeah. you know, I want to insert like some like practical stuff right here. So one of the things that really fascinated me is that is how media, like the modern internet has democratized the internet and like mm. things that we normally would have to go through the gatekeepers of like, you know, uh, paying, you know, a million dollars for a production crew, CNN and like TV or like a publisher, whatever, literally through our phones and apps that are now existing, even for small amounts of dollars or for free, you can literally create content, publish it, distribute it all for free or for very little money. I want to talk to you about t-shirt branding because that's something that I'm going to be doing as well. Like explain how Printful works. Like I'm talking drop shipping and on-demand printing. Like I, I've done t-shirts for youth groups before. And it's a hassle. Yeah. It is a hassle. Oh, yeah. Right right now I have t-shirts in my closet that I ran out of, I, I ran out of sizes. I have these random, I have the wrong sizes. And then I have to like right. take it to the post office and like, and like literally like, what was your address again? And like write it down on a piece of paper and like write my labels. And yep. anyways, let, let's talk about like how media, I mean, technology has made things more accessible and more on demand for people and how that's so awesome that anybody can do something like this. Right. No, absolutely. I think that's, that's one of the biggest thing that I am huge on right now is anybody can do anything. 
if you start, right? You can, you can figure out how to make a t-shirt and you can find a place that will print it for you, ship it for you, handle the returns for you, and all you have to do is upload a design. Like it's you know, stupid. Ten, 10 years ago, 20, 30, oh, 40, 50 years ago? Five years ago. You, you, you could have said, hey, okay, I can't do that because it actually is going to legitimately cost too much money. That yep. was a legitimate excuse a while back. Now, yep. man. It's over, man. It doesn't cost, like it costs you the, if you use Shopify, it costs you 30 bucks a month. If you use WooCommerce on your website, like you've got, it's whatever your, Word pro, your WordPress plugin is. Like yeah. it's, and it doesn't cost you anything for them to host the designs. Like it's silly how easy it is, but it takes effort. And I think that's, that's the barrier of entry for anybody at this point is it takes effort. Okay. Right? So yeah, absolutely. It takes effort. So let's go through the actual step progress. Cause we're talking about like, you know, WordCommerce, Shopify, we're talking about dropship. Yep. Okay. Those, I'll be honest. I didn't know what those things meant a year ago. So right. let's, let's actually break this down. Okay. So let's okay. pretend that you're a, a fresh entrepreneur or anybody that just wants to like rep their face on their shirt or whatever. No, I'm just mm-hmm. kidding. Yeah. No, literally I, I, I want to have one with my face on it. Just like huge, like, <laughs> like a big, like, yeah, just like, like I wish the yeah. We're going to yeah. get that on the micro content right there. Yeah, that'll be good. That's a good thumbnail. Yeah, yeah good thumbnail. Okay, so like literally you, you have no, okay, so you have a web, let's say you have a website or whatever. You want to make a uh, cu- custom brand called uh, like, yeah. Anyways, we'll, we'll custom brand called whatever. It's brand called, X. Let's call it brand X. We'll call it whatever. What, whatever. Okay. Like, in other whatever, words, brand whatever dude. Like kind of like, I don't care. You know, anyways, yeah, yeah. Rebel, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I want, okay. So Todd, I want to create, I have whatever brand, like what do I do to okay. whatever I want on the t-shirt and publish it? We'll get whatever. Okay. So, <laughs> so the e- literally the easiest way is because Printful has an option for you to literally type on the design of the t-shirt. You don't have to have a design or anything to upload. You go to Printful. So if you just want a text, you could just put you text. Just if want you want to suck a design. You can't afford a designer. Exactly. Okay. That's, that's cool. You can, you can literally go to Printful, pick the shirt, choose the font and type on the, the picture that shows you the, the shirt that will then be your model that goes on your store that you don't have to ever take a picture of, then you have a shirt that says whatever. It didn't cost you anything except for the time it took for you to type the word whatever on a t-shirt, put your bell in canvas, $12.50. So you, so you, could, put what, you could put whatever on there? You could put whatever <laughs> on the t-shirt. Like I'm saying, that, that's, it's that easy. I don't know why that's so funny because it's like double anyways, whatever. You can't it's like whatever, but it's like but no vowels, like W-H-T-V-R. Yeah. Whatever. You know what? We should do a t-shirt called whatever just for kicks. I'm totally going to make one tonight. Let's make whatever t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you literally, you, you can, okay. So let's say I do have a design. I have a buddy, yeah. like he made something. Sure. And it has whatever with like a cool kind of like uh, type or whatever. Mm-hmm. or whatever whatever you use whatever a lot in this whatever whatever, whatever font you use you can right it. and and so you have the t-shirt you upload the graphic mm-hmm. and then then you you can put a price and so mm-hmm. how how is it that they so so then then obviously they charge for the t-shirt cost but then they include the print cost so what what right. whatever so whatever uh, oh my goodness have mercy uh, so literally i don't even want to say the word anymore um <laughs> So whatever you choose to put on there, like when it says $13 for the shirt, it's not going to be plus print cost, plus screen cost, plus whatever nope. else. It's literally nope. $13 for the shirt and ink or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I just realized how much time I say. But at the same time, if you wanted to, so that's for the front print or for the back print. 
If you do both, then there's an additional charge. Okay. If you do a sleeve print, it's an additional charge. If you do a small tag, I think I have it on this. Yeah. If, yep. if you do outside tag, it's like two ninety five. But but all of that goes with the cost of then the t-shirt. So if you do like a single front design, nothing on the sleeves, the cheapest one you want to get, and you don't go gilded, you don't go with some of the heavy cotton things. You go with the this is a this is a twelve ninety five bell eye that I'm wearing right now, and it's super comfortable. Yeah. With the single front print, it's twelve ninety five. They charge the the shipping to you. You charge the shipping to your customer and sales tax in whatever state that you're in, right? Make sure you do sales tax, especially in the state of California. Um, but so, that all is built in. And then you don't you upload a design, your whatever design, you upload that to Printful and they put it on the shipping label so it looks super legit when it gets to your customer. And they don't even have their own logo on there. So, nope. on, so on the other end, I want to buy your whatever shirt and I go to your store because you put the links and you upload it and you kind of create the store through Shopify. Shopify is the web, the store thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you literally create the storefront. It's really like, like drag and drop stuff. And yes. then, so like me, me coming the customer, I literally go on there and I see all the, the brands. By the way, these t-shirts have not been made yet. You could put a design there and if no one ever buys them, they will never be made. You don't have to store any inventory or anything. Yep. So, as soon as I click, oh, I want, you know, uh, you know, this shirt here that's this awesome shirt that says whatever, I click on it, it'll say, let's say $25 for the shirt. Uh, $13 of that is, uh, actually, we'll just call it $10 for simple, uh, whatever. $10 of that is the cost of the shirt and the printing. Mm-hmm. And then it says, and then you add, and then it's, it's going to cost you like five bucks in shipping. So that's $30 total. You bring back your $15 in cash. So you literally just get paid $15. You never touch a t-shirt, right? Like yep. you never do shipping, nothing. nothing. Nope. And they pick their size so they know it's the right size. And you can put the sizing charts in the description of the product so they can say, well, what is, what, how long is a medium? Is that the right medium for me? What's the cut? Like the information's all there. So it's not like, like for instance, you ordered all these shirts and you ended up with sizes that were the wrong size or they were, you know, the fit isn't right. I mean, like it's, it's so simple and it, but it just takes effort. Yeah, it really is. And, and okay, so take it even simpler from a cheap standpoint. You can go if you run it through nine. If you run it through uh, Shopify, you don't use a WooCommerce. You don't have a website. All you have is a Facebook business page. You can pay nine dollars a month with Shopify. You can create all your designs in Printful. Pay nothing to create the designs, and you can put those designs on your Facebook page, and people can buy them in Facebook without a website. Whoa. You don't that's, even have that's to cheaper than having a website domain. Yeah, and whoever if it can it can be advertised on Facebook and on Instagram. That's like, just awesome. It's crazy. It really is. You don't have to have nine dollars a month. Who doesn't have? Who can't scrape together nine dollars a month to have a T-shirt design on their Facebook page? That they I mean, sell? if you do it right, you're going to sell one T-shirt and make up for that. Yep, you made yeah. your you made your whole month right there with one T-shirt. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I want to I want to transition to a new segment of the podcast. Okay, and is there music for this one? Like the new segment with Joe? Woo! I don't know. You know, I'm still. You know, I gotta I gotta figure that out. Maybe we'll okay. put some music in. I don't know. You should. And if there is no music, it's all right because I'm still learning. But whatever. We'll see. We'll see if we can put some music in. <laughs> so check this out. Check this out. So okay. I'm on a journey to learn as much as I can about digital communication and doing things about whatever. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm, I, I, I want to learn as much. Why? 
is because I have a mission to work with nonprofits and Christian organizations because I believe that they're the underdog. A lot of nonprofits that want to do good things in this world, they they always have the worst posters, worst websites, worst marketing, the low budgets, et cetera. I want to show them that it has been demarketized, that it is easy, content distribution strategy, all that kind of stuff. And so this new segment is going to be inaugurated and initiated here on the podcast with you. Um, so Boom. This, this segment is called, I don't know what it's called. We're going to call it Joel asks the guest the question segment right now. And so <laughs> <laughs> about his personal brand. Um, <laughs> call this the do thing segment. You can use my brand. Okay, there you go. That's not a bad idea. I'll take it to the board and meet in about two years. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So this is this is called Joel asks the Joel asks a personal branding question from his guest segment. Okay, gotcha. Um, and so this is the question. Say so right now, I, the Empower Good podcast. When you wait, think, hold on, idea. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is literally going to be advice for you from the guest. Yes. So call it Joel's hot seat. Like, can you produce advice for me right now about this that my audience can grasp onto and I can use? It's the hot seat. It's Joel Joel's on the hot seat. seat. No, no, not Joel on the hot seat. It's Joel's hot seat. Joel's hot because seat. Because you're putting me on the hot seat. You're putting your guests on the hot seat. Okay. Okay. So like if you're really good at communication, Mr. Yeah. Do, okay, Mr. Do Things. Bring it. Bring Joel's hot seat. I'm ready. Okay. Okay. So basically, um, currently I put out a weekly podcast on Sunday nights, comes out, um, where I interview people like people that start brands, many of them, they, they, they have the, I don't know how to say this, the wits about them and the talent to interview people and to learn from them and to be the host. And I feel like I not only have the ability to interview people, but I also have a lot of good things to say concerning the topic of empower good. In other words, mm -hmm. I'm not just an interviewer. I also have things to say, but at the same time, the things that I learn, I, put them in the blender in my brain and I can spit them out in my personality way, right? Mm -hmm. That will connect with my audience. Traditionally, originally I did videos every single day on, on Instagram. I tr transitioned that now to a little bit of both pictures, quotes, et cetera, and also a lot of micro content from the podcast to mm -hmm. save more time. But I, I have had this burden for a while and that is that I have things to say, but there's no outlet. I want to say things that are longer than a minute so it won't fit on Instagram. Mm -hmm. The podcast is for me to pick people's brains. Mm -hmm. And then like, what do I do? And so I have, I wrote it here. I have con more content to share. Where should I share it? Should I make my podcast into a audio experience where I have a weekly interview on Sundays and then maybe like a Joel's editor's take on Wednesdays or whatever? Should I do it on YouTube? Like, let's talk about this. Okay. So here's my take. My take is, is twofold. Uh, one, you can never put out too much content on Instagram. You can always do more content on Instagram. Uh, if you're wanting to d diversify the type of content you're putting out, I think YouTube is a huge opportunity for you to have a platform to say whatever you want to an audience that will gravitate towards you because of the things you're saying. Because YouTube is searchable. That's the thing that I like about YouTube and I'm, that's why I'm getting ready to go super hard on YouTube. I've got a ton of stuff that I've recorded I haven't edited yet, but I'm going to be posting hopefully at least two videos a week You're on YouTube. Stud, dude. That's like, a lot that's, of work, yo. It's a ton of work. And I think I've got 20 episodes that I've recorded already. Some of it's vlog, some of it's um, practical. I'm going to do one where it's how to do a, a Shopify web store in five minutes. Like that's... I'm, yeah, I'm, value, value-driven content. Right? Searchable yeah. stuff that people, dude, dude, Sean, Sean Cannell. I don't know mm -hmm. yo, yeah, yeah. Super yeah. awesome guy. He's also a Christian. It's really cool. Yep. And he, he said this quote, literally, before you hit record, ask yourself, what is my listener or viewer or whatever 
Googling right now. Yep, absolutely. Right there. And that's the part. And Sean's one of the guys that I pay attention to a lot. Um, he's, I, I pay attention to Sean. I pay attention to Casey Neistat. I pay attention to uh, Peter McKinnon. Uh, PewDiePie, believe it or not, is brilliant. Um, and then uh, there's obviously Gary V, Lewis Howes, and those kind of guys. But the thing that I find about Casey Neistat, Peter McKinnon, and PewDiePie is everything that come up, and Sean too, it's searchable. If, if their title doesn't show up in a search, then you're searching something that nobody cares about. Like or, it's, or clickbait style. Or, no, that, that's what both, I'm talking both, about. Both. The clickbait title with the tags, like Sean talks about the tags, but I don't know if you use vidIQ or uh, TubeBuddy, but there are so many ways to really do a little bit of algorithm hacking, but at the same time giving value that people want to see yeah, you can see what your competitors are like. The famous people are tagging and yes. are searching on YouTube. Like that's that's where I am putting a lot of energy, and the searchability is the reason. Because yes, Instagram on hashtags and stuff you can see it, but Instagram is a place where people just do this, right? You and I both know that. And yep. if they see something like boom, like um, there's Devin, my my buddy, the guy that's Survivor. He's a super good looking surfer yoga guy. He has 24,000 followers, almost 25,000 followers. 90% of them look at his picture and go tap, tap, and then move on. Like he's got a lot to say, but he's getting frustrated because in the section where he writes this post, it's really heartfelt and it's encouraging and whatever. People don't even read it because they look at the picture and like, oh, I like that. And then they move on, right? But if you go to Facebook, people are a little more engaged. They'll read a little bit more, but they're still not searching for stuff. You go to YouTube, people are going there to find things and they're going to search for something. And that's the part that's fascinating, fascinating me about the, the platform of YouTube is it's an opportunity for you to be on stage. If you want to be a public speaker, if you want to communicate an idea or a feeling or change the world or empower good, people are going to search for things that you can use to turn them towards your brand. Yeah. Like, even if it's just like you're going to you're going to do a review of your Heil PR40. Like that's something that you would put on and people search that because people are starting podcasts, people are starting video blogs. I'm going to do a microphone comparison for all my shotgun mics that I have for my vlog videos. Like that's the kind of stuff that people search. The the reason I figured this out besides following all those people I have like seven YouTube channels and I, I'm horrible at that, but I just start a new one and whatever. I have a channel that I started with my brother that was literally just kind of to be fun. And I did some product reviews of this microphone and of the Shure SM7B, which is the other big podcasting microphone that you'll see. And I posted it and I got some feedback and comments and then I just left it alone. I, I just went off on the Venture Hub thing and doing my speaking, wasn't even paying attention to it. I looked at it two months ago because there was another comment that came in. I was like, this is really weird. I had like 12,000 views on that video. Are you kidding me? No. And, and I, I it, it kind of like, that kind of set me to say, now, wait a minute. Why is this still getting views? Well, it's something that people are wanting to know a lot about. Evidently, I presented in a way that people engaged with and it's continuing to be found in the search. So that light bulb goes off and it's like, hey, if I need to get more attention, I need to have stuff that's searchable. So then that's driven me to this whole, again, it's all fluid, all what you're doing. And then if you're paying attention, you can see where the path is taking you. And that's the key. If you can see where the path is taking you and you start taking steps in that direction, yeah. dude, the, the searchability of YouTube blew my mind. And I think that that's really where, if you want to put more content out that has a message, YouTube's the place to do it. So let me ask you this. There's two options here because, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk does the audio experience. He, he yep. uses that as a collection for all of his audio, like random recordings from like him in a meeting versus right. 
keynote versus like, you know, the audio from like one of his shows or whatever. Right. So I think, let's say I did make my new pillar of content from on YouTube. What if I, cause I'm going to, I'm going to start putting my podcast video stuff on YouTube. So I'm mm -hmm. crossbreeding there, but I'm also, and I can make, title it in searchable, searchable titles. But, and then I, let's say I make the original videos on YouTube and then I post that and then I take the audio and put it on, on the podcast to, 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 to add more content for the listeners. Should I do that? Or should I just keep the podcast as like a interview only? I would, I would not do too much of interchanging the Gary V's got a team, you know, let's, let's talk about the reality of Gary V. He has how many people on team 20, Gary V like, like 20 now, I think he's up to almost a hundred that are, that are dealing with his content in general, right? Like not just the people videoing him. He has like so many people taking care of his stuff. You have how many Two. Yeah, maybe. Right. I have me. So like we are not in a spot where we can say we're going to do all these videos for YouTube and then we're going to cut pieces out and we're going to add it to the podcast. We're, we're not going to do anything else. We're not going to be able to get it done. I think if you have the videos for your interview set up for the podcast, you're good to go, right? Your podcast is solid. You're consistent with your posting. I think the content on YouTube should be different, but it should point to the podcast. Because I don't find a lot of people, at least for me, watching my podcast videos on YouTube, but they will watch my tutorials and they'll watch my 10-minute entertaining videos of life. Yeah. Right? So, so I think it's a different platform. And if I have time, then I could. I could. Yes. So in other words, the thought of putting, making the podcast into more of an, an audio experience is not a bad idea. It just depends on how much you can do. Exactly. Basically. I mean, obviously, the more content you can put out, the better. I love it. Like, I love if you it, can do something every day, do something every day. But we are limited, unfortunately. Very, very limited. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait till I can hire a full-time graphic designer, web designer, and a videographer. Yes. And then a project manager. Uh-huh. I really I one day that will happen. That will happen. Yep. I so, I believe it, man. I dude, believe it. It has been absolutely awesome having you on. Like we could legitimately keep on talking. Maybe yes. we'll have to do a podcast swap or something like that. We'll keep our conversation going. No, absolutely. Uh, um, but, uh, it's been awesome having you on brother. Um, how can people reach you and we'll end it like that. Uh, you can hit, uh, frasermethod.com F R A Z I E R M E T H O D.com is my website that links to everything there. You can find me on all the socials at T Frazier SoCal T F R A Z I E R S O C A L at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. I'm there all the time. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's empower good and do things. I'm still ready for, I'm ready for the co-op shirt, man. Yeah. Do good things. Do it's good a thing. perfect, it's a perfect union, man. Perfect. I, I believe it. I believe it. It's, <laughs> it's ordained. It's, it's heavenly. It's heavenly sent brother. Yeah, man. Well, Hey brother, <laughs> God bless you. I appreciate it. And, uh, keep uh, doing good things, everyone. Wow. What an epic episode. Seriously. These episodes are getting better and better and better. And I'm just thoroughly thankful for the fact that you would take your time to listen and to be inspired and empowered. Go ahead and visit empowerguy.org for more resources as well. If you want to stay in touch and, and to really not miss any episodes or anything, go ahead and hit us up on social media as well as like, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on the platforms in which you are currently listening. Finally, just want to say a quick thanks to my Empower Good team, Karen, Ricky, Brian, and Jasmani. And until next time, do not forget to empower good. <laughs>